Welcome back, everyone, to Plate Stack Chat. Around the Plate Stack again today, we have Jason Croxon and Tom Forder. How are you doing, boys? Very well, thank you. Jason, you all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I, I was just waiting to see what Tom was going to say. I'm glad he's good. <laughs> I feel good, too. So it's a bit, it feels weird. It's a bit earlier than usual, but um, it's fine. It's fine. We persevere. Excellent. Well, we also have another person around the place that you might have seen in the title. We have the one, the only, Mr. Edward Stowe. How are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, good afternoon, everyone. I'm good. Thank you very much. Good. Um, we are going to talk a bit today about judging because you, you know, you're a judgy sort of person, aren't you? You know, <laughs> so Ed, and, Ed and I have been friends for, for a little while now and um, I feel like it keeps me in my place. Um, but you also actually do judge at CrossFit events, don't you? Yes, I, I've I've done. I've been known to do a few. Been known to do a few. Are there any yeah. you particularly missed out on? Because I know that you missed out on one that you really wanted to do last year. You got a pair of trainers, I think. I've been trying to broaden out and be quite a little bit more selective about where I've judged over the last year, and of course, all the travel and and social distance restrictions because of the COVID pandemic really kind of screwed that up. I think if we're looking kind of nationally and, and referencing back to one of your prior guests, I haven't yet actually done anything for Battle for Middle Ground, the Richard Hornsey's mm. events. Mm. Um, and that's not through lack of intent or desire to do it. It's more that the timings just haven't matched up because, you know, for those, for those people who don't know me, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm rapidly approaching a level three master as um, level, which I think as the, the talking elite fitness guys would put it. So, I do have other responsibilities in my life other than going to, to judge or, or attend events every weekend. So I, I made a decision to, to be a bit more judgy about which events I judge at, shall we say? There you go. See? Yeah. See? What did I say? Well, I, I was thinking, first of all, that's poor show. Can't believe you haven't been to a battle from the underground. Very disappointed. Very disappointed in you. Um, secondly, I was actually referring to the Rogue Invitational last year, um, which you were down to go to, but... I was I I was down to do a few yeah I was down to do a few sanctionals last year actually um I was down to do Reykjavik as well Reykjavik Lowlands Rogue Invitational I haven't been to the US to judge yet so I was I was down to do Asbury Park as well and you know I'd I'd love to do Miami at some point and one of the louder live, uh, live and loud events but um you know Waterpalooza is just unfortunately it's not you know being in January again it's not it doesn't mesh with some of the some of the things that happen with my day job so it, it's just never been a if i want to take a week to go and travel to the us it's got to be i've got to pick something that, that really works for me and I'd, I'd kind of stake that on rogue last year and unfortunately none, none of it none of it came to fruition so yeah looking forward to getting my teeth back into that this year now i find this fascinating because the the, the reason we got you on and Sam might not have told you this, but I was like, I want to speak to a judge. I need to speak to a judge. Okay. Like, like a legal judge? <laughs> like a legal judge. And, and Sam said, I know someone. And then he's got you on. And I'm like, oh, okay. that's not what I meant. I'm in big trouble here. But anyway. Did you not know? He's, he's, not, he's definitely not Ed Stowe QC. It's not. Uh... Oh. <laughs> right. No, it's, it's not a wig. It's all mine. <laughs> you know, there are certain jobs that just seem so thankless that you wander why does anybody do this? And I'm starting to look at judging at CrossFit events a bit like that, uh, particularly after kind of the Emma Tall controversy and then <laughs> a lot of the comments at the Granite Games. And, and it gets to that point where you're like, sometimes it's not the judge's fault. Sometimes you're kind of like that, that really was the, the judge's fault. Uh, and it just feels like 
it's one of those situations where if the if the athlete wins the event, no one is saying, well, that's because there was some excellent judging there. If they mess up in part due to the judge, oh, do you know about it? So just before you start, this is the point in the podcast where I sit back on my chair, put my feet up and um, and just let this unfold because I've sat with Ed a few times after events where we've sat with a couple of people having a beer talking this exact thing so Ed please take it away <laughs> so I guess you're asking what the motivation is for this right that's the underlying question is what is the motivation to go to an event and judge it in the face of some of the uh, the perception that it's a thankless job yeah I, su- I suppose I'm going to throw in here another caveat of you having already said that you've got a lot of other stuff in your life that that probably takes priority. So it's not even just, well, I was there. It is everything that goes into that. I have a teenage daughter. And for those of you, a, a very a very freshly teenage daughter, and that's a whole different ball game to life, unfortunately. Um, you know, it, 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 so be, being a parent and having actually a full-time day job, I mean, I'm lucky. I'm lucky in that I work from home and I have a great deal of flexibility. So if I wanted to pitch up in Austin next next year and actually spend the week in Austin working, actually I can I can do that. So it's I, I'm very lucky, and some people don't. You know, I'd say on the spectrum of flexibility, I'm uh, for somebody my age, I'm 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 not too not too bad off. A, a great deal of that flexibility has come with some fairly heavy life events as well. So it's not all swings and roundabouts. I'm going to say sunshine and rainbows but okay that's that's, that's what i was looking for sunshine and rainbows but it's so um so yeah so i guess as i said the underlying question is what's the motivation in the face of all of the things that go on in one's life why would you go to an event to, to an event and judge and i think part of that actually you know there's just you know for those of you who are not sam and and don't know me you know i, I work in sales so psychology you know, psychology and emotional stuff is kind of a bit of a sideline pet hobby for me as well so i'd say actually there, there are a number of reasons for it i enjoy speaking personally and of course you know everybody's different so everybody will have their own motivations for me i started to judge because it meant i f- i felt like i was part of a part of an event and competition that uh, uh, and i got to be hey i got to go and spectate and stand right next to the athletes while i was doing it so well if i'm going to go and enjoy being being at an event rather than just hanging out with 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 a group of friends and um, you know i think there is a, there is a case to say that competitive pe is not the most stimulating of things at certain points in the day so you know watching edited highlights of events is very different to being there all the way through and actually ha- finding something to do which kind of gives some drive and purpose to being there as well whilst being whilst being there was sounded like a nice idea and it was a bit of a it was a bit of a way to kind of broaden my my network within the crossfit community in the uk so that's where it started i started as my first judging experience was rainhill which so many people's is you know that that introduced me to to luke andrew shorts who who's heads up tewksbury and um flow state as it is now and you know there's there's been various stepping stones in the way through and i think what it progressed quite quickly to is actually there's quite a nice little community of community of people who go to judge events regularly and you know what I've just mentioned for motivation for being at a competition as a judge I think occurs to a lot of them and you know it's it's a it turned into a bit of a like-minded community of people and I've, I've made some really good solid friends since then I think there needs to be a kind of distinction between the levels of competition one judges at um, I think Rainhill is is very much 
not pitching itself in the same league as as um, strength and depth. I think I think that would be fair enough, and and the organisers would uh, Foz would be fairly okay with that being said. You know, there's there's a different there's a different, a different atmosphere because the stakes are less. And what I also found as part of the judging is the more serious it got, the more I took a little bit more interest in doing a really good job of it. So it wasn't it's it 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 stopped being purely about going there to be part of the event and started becoming kind of a thing in itself. And I enjoyed actually being there and being part of an event. And I think that's that that topped out last year at Filthy One Fifty and and Strength and Depth, where being front and central on the elite floor. You're there to be an arbitrator of fairness to ensure that the competitors have their day and the subjectivity within the event is taken out of the, the equation and you're, you're an arbiter of fair play to make sure that the right person wins. And that I like taking that responsibility. Um, I enjoy having that level of responsibility and I want to do a good job. So it's become it's become both a social thing and also to a degree a kind of a hobby profession, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious to know if that is across the board among judges. Mm-hmm. We might have to speak to another one at some point. Not Sam; he doesn't count. He dances more than he judges, and, and that's very much been the problem. Why we had to bring on an outsider. <laughs> I would liken a lot of the things you said when I was that is I. Probably the same way I feel about podcasting within the CrossFit space. Uh, I don't know if Tom feels the same way, but like I'm as well someone who thinks, well, I'm never going to be competing. I was going to say at like that top end, uh, competing, full stop. There we go. I'm never going to be that one competing. But, um, but you know, I like to get involved in some way within mm. the, the community. And podcast is something that kind of let me have interaction with a number of different people that I just wouldn't if, if I wasn't doing this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I compete as well. I I want to compete as well. I mean, my my sporting background is I played some pretty high level rugby back in the nineties. So I came to I, I I kind of found I found a tribe in CrossFit that was very familiar to me from 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 back when rugby was properly. It had a very broad demographic of ages of people who were involved with it. Um, you know, I still remember playing in the nineties when you you know just at the just as the transition of the professional era came in and. I ended up with, um, you know, you end up with bricklayers and lawyers and butchers. And what I realised with CrossFit very quickly was that actually that, that same demographic and also across the sexes was at play as well. So socially, the whole the whole CrossFit environment and infrastructure across all of the events, athletes, judges, organisers, it's, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm 44, actually. I mean, when I, you know, there are a few competitions that are specifically catered for masters. I still want to do team events. I did one a couple of a small, very small one a couple of weeks ago. I've competed at Tribal Clash, which I think in terms of judging is great because it, it kind of gives you a it gives you it give it gives you a better understanding as a judge of, of kind of some empathy with what's happening on the other side of it. And I think I'd encourage every judge to to go and take part of it in a competition in some form at some point. I'd also encourage every athlete to judge at some point as well, just because it's the amount of times you get some really interesting reactions out of athletes. Um, I think they need to appreciate what's happening on the other side. And a lot of them have said to me they'd never do it because they just, for the for the reason, the perceptions you mentioned that it's a thankless job, they, they don't want to touch it. I, I think um, empathy is probably like really important from both sides. Mm. I, I definitely, Jason, I'd agree with you that like, yeah, starting the Chalking Fitness 
channel and the podcast was about kind of being involved in the community because competition is not something that I'm overly keen on. I'd actually love to get into judging. There's just a few other barriers to it at the moment before I perhaps get into it. But definitely from conversations I've had and, you know, perhaps somewhere we'll go with this discussion is around, I see there's like three elements to like the judging environment is it's the size and maturity of the event, mm -hmm. the skill set of the judge mm -hmm. and the attitude of the athlete. And all three of those can vary independently. And there's so, a fourth one as well, actually, that you've, uh, okay, I, want, I, want, I want to interject because this is a really strong point and it, it, ref, it reminded me Richard Hornsey reminded me of this when I was listening to the in preparation for this call, and that's actually the 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 events themselves and the inherent subjectivity within the event, because I think it's a re where, where it be well anyway, let's continue because that that that's where I think the kind of intersection of of, of a number of kind of the, the Venn diagram intersections is where a lot of the controversy sits, and mm. depending how you want to look at it, there, there's 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 a lot of sense in there. I think you know rational heads will prevail at some point, but yeah. Sorry, mm. I, I I interrupted. Apologies. You know, you make a, you make a really good point because it, it's that extra dimension on the size and maturity of the event. Because it's like, are you programming something that can be kind of like unambiguously uh, judged and things mm -hmm. like that? So the the two the two scenarios that I'm looking at in terms of that Venn diagram are the one where you've got uh, an experienced judge, so somewhere like Sid will yep. have criteria for what the judges they need to either have experience, their L1. Um, judges certification and those type of things yep. and so it creates a judge with a degree of experience and skill in in judging mm -hmm. but also there's a lot on the line but the event is such that they will empower their judges and protect their judges as, as required I'd hope and maybe you can speak on that from your own experience because because I don't have that it's it's really yeah I mean it's a really interesting one I must say I mean I I was I was one of the three team leads for the elite floor at Sid last year and it was you know, I must give proper thanks to Lorna for having the faith in me to do that. Um, uh, but it was it was a real eye opener for me because it was probably the nearest to. I always wanted to, do a re to go to a regional event to judge, and unfortunately, just as we, you know, my my friend Matt and I that that Sam's probably mentioned in the past, we've always said we you know our, our kind of not at Everest, but it, you know it was a it was a development point to go and do a do a re the European regional, and then it we deferred it a year because we just. We didn't quite have enough home points to be able to get the visit, get the get the get the weekend. So we defer. It. I persuaded him to defer it for a year, and then uh, with the whole thing with with the games kerfuffle happened. So so getting to the sanctionals was kind of our replacement. But I'd say Sid was the one that was run with. I mean, Carl Steven and Drake were were were, head, were floor head judges. Um, Lorna was running the judging behind the scenes with the three team leads. It was near to regionals, I think I could probably experience, and they were very, all three of them are very OG, CrossFit HQ, loyal um, representatives, and I'd say it was probably the most highly stressful envi judging environment I've been in. Um, I ended up taking... Um, I mean, obviously, with the centre lanes, you get the, the kind of the, the points leader in the centre. So the games places were just on the outside of it. So, you know, there's some very experienced judges. I mean, one of the th one of the one of the strong guidance points is not just what's happening on the floor, but it's also about keeping cool heads and not creating any additional drama that needs to be sorted out because you want everything to be as low controversy as possible, and th and that's what led to a lot of the stress. Um, but I loved it. I, I, to be honest, it was it was my birthday. I was really put out because Matt 
Fraser's birthday on the on the twenty fifth, and mine was the day after, and and he got the whole crowd singing to him, and I didn't, and I was really miffed about it because I was really tired. I think I'd I'd worked. I'd it was. I mean, they're the hardest days I work. I mean, it's harder than my day job physically and mentally and dealing with the stress. And I was absolutely spent on the on the Sunday, but I loved it, and I really I really enjoyed being given the responsibility and discharging it to the best of my ability. So. You know, I'm not complaining about that stress, but it was a real eye opener in terms of just what's at stake. And you know, the thing the thing you have to realise is, you know, even events like Battle for Middle Ground, where there's cash prizes or, or you know, there's a good prize pot on the line. You know, a lot of it there's controversy there, but it's a you know, when there's games place and professional athletes places, it's it's a whole different kettle of fish. And if and if you if you get something wrong with those guys who are, you know, the CrossFit mentality is. You earn you earn the right to be there, and if you demonstrate that you don't, you can't cope with it, then 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 they won't put you in. And I I remember you know one mistake on a very visible TV feed next to you, and the next the next the next heat it's a different judge, and the judge who was there is gone. They are not coming back. Um, they might just come on to a, an outside lane um, at some point in you know, but they they you know there's a real demotion to it. So. There's an awful lot of pressure to get it right, and and you, there's no second chance. You, you you know if you if you screw up on on that final, I mean look at I was I was judging um, Bron um, Bronislav of Alenkovitz, and on the event that it was the I think it was ski erg, there was some ski erg, and then it was overhead squats and burpees, um, and he went head to head with Matt Fraser and finished two seconds behind because he stumbled on the overhead squats. He lost half a second. And he finished the whole bloody thing in one minute forty, and there's you don't have a time to get to get it wrong. I mean, it it was literally they put they both pulled the pin and went at it, and 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 just over a minute and a half later, the whole event's done. And if you screw up, there's you can't just stop it and go back. It you yeah. So it's 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 a really interesting thing. I guess one thing as well that you talk about that is high pressure, high stress, but it's maybe proportionate with the, what's on at stake right there's invites to the game um there's the other example though is where the perception might be that there's not a lot at stake but you bring but but say then some people are taking it very serious all the time and and that you know sam this might be experiences you've had where like it's because there's there's a whole spectrum of competitions you've got games regionals sanctionals national competition local throwdowns but to the individual in the lane with the barbell or the dumbbell, it's they're giving their best effort. And I know I've spoken to like people in the past who said, you know, people can see red a little bit, and, and oh, that's they do. when the yeah. yeah. Oh, oh wow! So there they do. So so let let me let me put this another way for you. And going back to what I said about being an arbitrator of fair play, you know, something you know, it's one of our talking about the psychology of of, of human ego and. <clears throat> Let's frame this in terms of transactional analysis. So you've got parent parent ego state, adult ego state, child ego state. And when your blood's up and everything's fl- flying around and you're under stress, being a mature, calm, rational adult is quite challenging. Now, to go back to what Mr. Hornsey said a couple of weeks ago about, you know, his, you know if you're in the middle ground, it's all, you know, you're there to have a laugh. And, and there are people, I can guarantee there'll be people at his event who don't see it that way. That, you know, even if they're in the scale category, Masters Level Three, where where you're playing for pride and a, and a trophy, 
no one actually coming back to to ego and 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 people's 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 emotional states so maslow's hierarchy of needs the first one is to avoid discomfort very rapidly underneath that is the need to is the need to feel recognized and and worthy and and so there's a real emotional tie to it's one of the reasons why if you if you why it's such an emotional thing to be in a situation that you don't think is fair and you see you see it time after time with human nature is if you perceive something not to be fair then it really can elicit a strong emotional reaction now equate that and this comes down to the judging almost to the t the guidance i give when i head judge about you know head judging is actually quite interesting you know talking about the interplay between head judging and being on the floor and making those decisions there's a couple of times last year where i had some really some pushback from a couple of judges who when i gave them guidance not to touch kit or <laughs> uh, um i mean that was burpee over a rower and I, and and I saw a couple of them, a couple of them holding or pushing the seat out of the way, and I said uh, in in the break between heats, I, I had to say really strongly, do not touch the rower, and a couple of people said, oh, oh yeah, it's um, are, are we okay? There's a risk that we might catch the foot of the, the the athlete, and I said, well, there is that of course, because if you if you if you're if you're moving the seat as a the, the, the athletes jumping over the row and they, you, know, you catch their foot, they're not going to accept responsibility and say, oh, you know, oh, it's just one of those things, are they? Because they're going to turn around and they're going to they're going to want to shift the blame. And, you know, no, I mean, some people would take would put their hand up and say oh, it was one of those things. But I think they're in the minority. The, the worst case there, though, is that a relative of the athlete in the lane next to them watches a judge do that on an athlete next to them, watches their nearest and dearest have to take a half second stumble or adjustment because of a seat and then turn to the head judge and say, you, well, or, or afterwards say, here, I got, I videoed this. You're every single round on the burpees over the rower. You're the person who beat you by one spot and got on the podium had help from their judge. And it's like, well, that that's that's the biggest biggest drama problem within or one of the biggest drama problems within within judging and trying to get people to understand that you might want to cheer you might want to help you feel especially with you know when you when you when you're in your 40s and you may be you may be judging some of the teenage girls divisions you kind of feel a little bit you know you want to look after them and it's i mean maybe that's just me being a bit bit paternal and 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 you know that's not necessarily fashionable these days but it's you know, it, there's a drive to you want to you want to see people do well, so you want to help them. So to say to somebody, this isn't about making the right decision. It's just got everybody has to make the same decision, and it's got to be object as near to objective as possible because you're trying to standardise the the standardise the way the rules are applied over the whole field of athletes, so that at the end of the day, if the athlete comes in first or second, it's down to the athlete. And as you said at the start, the best. The best thing about um, the best thing about the judging is if you do it well, you shouldn't be seen. It shouldn't be a factor in it. Well, that's where I would say that I am probably Ed's worst nightmare uh, when it comes to judging. Ed has never. I don't think you've ever actually. We've judged. I think we've judged at the same stuff, but not. You've never been like a, a team lead or a head judge while I've been judging this. That, that's not coincidence. That's design. 
<laughs> I don't have I don't have any I think it I think it depends I think look I mean if it was if it was if it was the affiliate cup at Sid and you were you were you're, you're dancing around but you're applying the rules mm. within the guidance being given by a head judge that's fine I think if you were doing it on a TV camera and you had a you had absolutely. a ticket place, no no absolutely and I think I think there are there are athletes who probably actually on that I mean that that's the other thing see athletes don't you know it's quite interesting sort of introducing yourself to some athletes and because some some are literally you do not they don't want you to say a word to them other than you know tell me tell tell, tell me where i need to go or, or some of them even said don't even bother counting um so there's a real there's a real variance in the experience of the judge with the athletes as well depending on how the athletes approaching the event like that some said don't even bother counting i'll let you know when i've done that <laughs> That person, Jase, not you. <laughs> I, I'm curious now because hmm, a couple of lines of thought that, that, that kind of, I'm going to try and link into sort of one thing, but I feel it's a bit like um, I, I was interviewing like a, a police officer the other day for, for the podcast and we were sort of like in the warm-up questions just talking about kind of like TV shows, police, police dramas, and it's that kind of thing where it's really tough for him to watch because of all the knowledge and experience he has so like all the mistakes they make on the TV show are really glaring, kind of yeah. take them out of it. And, and I'm wondering for you, one, watching kind of, you know, I, I think the problem at the moment or this year with half the events being live, half the events being video submissions. Yeah everybody being a judge <laughs> no 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 let's let's rephrase that everybody can be judgmental but not there we go <laughs> so, so i'm kind There's of wondering <laughs> how how that experience is for you like if when you're watching when you're watching events and you see well let's say bad judging i, I feel sorry for the you know i don't know these people but like bad judging that does happen unfortunately like how does that how does that make you feel but it doesn't i, I think it, i think it it depends there's a couple of examples that i'll go back to to prior to covid because i did watch the west coast classic i thought you know speaking personally i did actually no i'm, I'm not going to say what i was going to say but I'll, I'll, I'll because i don't want you know this i don't want to put anybody else you know uh, under the under the microscope but one thing i would say when, when i was watching it was remember the d-ball event where danny spiel came in just ahead of Danielle Brand, was that is that her name? Yeah, but like half a rep. That half was... a rep. Okay. Yeah. So I I looked at that and you you would say this that that the D ball shoulder is a re, you know they would have looked for uh, and I'm assuming because I I don't have any information I wasn't at the briefings so this is again this is there's a lot of assumption based in this but I would imagine that the they would have been down to the judge to to say yes to to let them move up or to the next stage there and with the d ball to the shoulder you're looking for extension of all the joints so ankle knee hip and shoulders stacked with the ball in control at the top of the top of the line go back to look before uh, on that last rep where they before they advance to get their chip over the timer and look at how close it was for danny spiegel to get that ball to her shoulder before she started moving I looked at it and my gut feel was, oh, I want to slow that down and have a look at that. Because that, that to me was, I wasn't sure she was at extension or she was, oh, 
you know, she pushed the envelope of extension before she she put she she went for the line, and that actually was a was a first to second place time time thing. I think the judge could have called that either way, to be honest, and it would have been I, I, it would have been a very very brave man to do that, you know, knowing what's at stake, and you kind of have to that that's where you need to rely on the briefing and this is why this is where the kind of the infrastructure of the event comes around because you need to make sure that what the athletes are told what they're briefed and what they're briefed on how the event's going to be judged needs to be really really clear and objective and also the the events need to be the events themselves need to be be able to be judged objectively so if you have an event if you have an event where there's some subjectivity in there, or there's a degree of variation. Um, it, it puts it, it on a situation. If that was that kind of event where that kind of decision is having to be made, it puts the judges under an awful lot of pressure. And it's, you know, there's no winner in that situation. Unfortunately, if if something happens, you know, you you can't. It's a re you just have to make a judgment call. And I think that's where, you know, that that's where people have got into trouble and trouble previously. I think we've in the past quite probably very early episodes or or maybe just amongst ourselves at some other time but i remember we talked about like uh unique movement standards when they were kind of bringing them in and that, that was something that kind of happened at sanctionals quite often was sort of they would just put their own little twist on something and i remember saying like if it's if it makes sense if there's a good reason why you're doing that fair enough but often it just it's just confusing it's just making athletes have to have different points that they're used to it makes judging more complicated and and there's no benefit to this so the the work that the, the the worst situation i or the most least enjoyable situation i find in is when you so when 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 the the event organizer says uh this is just a fun a fun event you know there's you know just just do you know just people are just having fun and it's like yeah but not everybody thinks like that and when it comes down to i mean even the difference between front lunges and rear lunges you know, a, a rear step lunge is great because the finished position is upright, and you can judge that. Technically, a front lunge you can do is the same thing. But how many people are not? I mean, if you if you held, I mean, I've got I've got my old judging clipboard here. You know, you see it, and you see you see some. I mean, the easiest thing to do when those is to is to sit there with a vertical and put it on the ankle and see on those on those front lunges whether they come up. And I'm sure their knee, hip, and shoulders are all in line, but their ankles won't be because they're riding they're riding the you know they they're, they're trying to. So then then saying to each of the judges, okay, where well, they need to be vertical, but the, the reps are happening really fast. So you're going to end up with this degree of of subjectivity in all of it. And if the if the event organizer or the head judges, oh, it's just a bit of fun. It's like, well, actually, that that you're putting the judge under a lot of pressure there, in order to because you're shifting the responsibility. If there's if there's some kind of appeal, the judge is going to get it in the neck. And it's like, well, actually, good luck, good luck asking for thirteen judges to be on the floor next or next year if thirteen of them have had a miserable sucky time. Because don't forget they're there for maybe a t-shirt. Um, I mean, everybody laughs about the free trainers, but to be honest. When I calculated my hourly rates, yeah, <laughs> my nanos at filthy one fifty. They're the most expensive pair of shoes I think. I have. So, if, yeah. if Noble, oh, that was that was the same at Origins. But if Noble weren't as expensive as expensive as they are, actually, yeah. I feel like I got a better hourly rate for a pair of Nobles than I would have for a, 
when I worked, so, so Filthy 150, we had, the judges had to check in for briefing at 7 a.m. and we didn't leave until about 8, 9 p.m. for mm. three days for white, for a pair of trainers and two T-shirts. Two T-shirts? Oh, Hold on, you didn't say two T-shirts. I mean, that, that, that changes everything. A pair of shoes and one T-shirt, you were robbed, but two T-shirts, I feel like you've, you've walked yeah. away happy there. So, so we're, there, we're, there because, we're there because we want to and we want yeah. to. And so if you end up in a situation where you feel dumped on and exposed, then it's a really, it's a really... You know, you can really switch people off, and it, and I think that's not fair. I have a final question for you. Mm. Maybe it's a quick one. It might not be. I hope it is. Going back to that same event, the the D ball event, there was a a moment where because basically they 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 did the first bit. They got off a box, right? It was um, I think it was yeah. burpees over a box, and then the D ball. Yeah. And the D ball was like maybe to their left. And they had to take it into the middle of the lane, and there were sort of these spots down the lane, and that's where they were supposed to be doing. The, the the cleans from i saw one athlete get off the box the judge pointed to the ball she went to get the ball and then the judge realized that was the wrong ball and pointed to the other ball and was like yeah. no sorry it's the one on the other side so they had to you know cut across get the other one yeah. and start the rep now arguably someone said well the athlete should know which ball is their ball right Correct. like it's on them yep but at the same time if i jump over and my judge is like that's yours like even me saying to them no that's not my mine's that one is costing me like time. So I just kind of curious in these situations, like who is at fault? I think there's a degree of shared responsibility there between uh, judge and athlete, because at the end of the day, the athlete is ultimately responsible. Um, but the judge can influence matters and can move themselves without realising it into a position of responsibility. This definitely seems like, Ed, there's a, a conversation we'd have over a beer in the evening. Yeah, this I would say... This is a real, like, judge conversation. I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, the, the issue is uh, you, can tell, you, can, you can tell how serious the, the implications are by, you know, especially in a, a regional standard event, have a look to see if that judge is on the floor on the next heat. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. if they because if they're not there then then it's probably a degree of you know you there's 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 been consequences for for their for their actions um if they are there it could be that it's just what you know it was one of those things or you know the they they didn't have a particularly harsh no harsh is the wrong word a particularly their head judge wasn't in that way inclined, uh, or they were a bit more forgiving, shall we say? I mean, it's 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 just interesting to see where where it comes. But yeah, I think that there's an element of no harm, no foul, and I think that's going to be in all of the. You know, you can't escape that situation. The risk of that situation presenting, you just want to make sure you decrease the risk as near to zero as possible for it to be in a very contentious point of the event. That that's interesting though. So I, I've always been taught by my elder judges, if you will, like Ed, like Matt. Uh, Wilden, like Craig Kerrigan, um, you know, to to not try not to put myself in that situation. Yeah. So that that's just the best the best option there is to yeah. not have to say anything because they should know. Yeah. And if the, if they're asking you, they're obviously just shattered and want to know. And yeah. at that point, you probably do but, need to know. But to be honest, I mean, if it was, I mean, I, I mean, the, the the whole thing about I'll go back to what I said at Sid. The team leads were expected to do the final heats. We'd not judged all weekend. It was incredibly stressful. My first, my first spot on the floor for that whole weekend to actually judge an athlete was Kelsey Keel on the final, the final two events, and I was absolutely. And you made her win, didn't you? I know. I was bricking myself. I was absolutely bricking myself. And um, but she was. I mean, she's she's one of those athletes who's actually really nice and 
you know you end up kind of almost feeling like you're working with them to make sure yeah yeah i mean that's probably a good way of putting it there's a degree of responsibility to work with the athlete to get them through the event in the most without controversy and then the head judge is there to make sure that that experience is standardized across all of the lanes yeah i'm satisfied i i just you know it's just i i guess judging had sort of been so much in the in the the sphere of conversation oh, at the moment don't... and i thought you know what i need to yeah. i need to ask questions and yeah i ask and sam never gives me a satisfying answer so, so you, want to, you wanted to ask me about emma at all and we don't have a huge amount of time left so i'll give you two statements about that one is you know, because everybody draws the comparison to Sam Briggs, right? Because she was the 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 athlete that took the spot that Emma was was in. I would say that of all the people who were involved, and don't forget, there was other there are other athletes with who were competing who who got pinged for the, exactly the same um, situation on different events um, in the UK, particularly. Um, all of those videos that I watched, none of them had a recognised regional standard floor judge they all had either athletes or they had l1s who owned affiliates who'd competed before at a high level and what i'd say is there is a difference between applying applying the standards on a form judging and knowing being familiar with the kind of attitude that hq has towards their events and what they expect and i think one thing i would say about all of those athletes if they'd had if they'd had a regional standard or regionally experienced judge there with a clipboard in front of them, not one of those judges would have touched that kit irrespective because they've had it drilled into them that they should not do it. And it would be a, a degree of expectation, even though it doesn't say it in the, in, the, in the standards, they would have known that that was probably, especially those of us who've done video review for HQ for the Open, we, we would have known that we wouldn't, we should just not touch the kit because it it, it gives the appearance or that you're conferring some form of, of 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 competitive advantage, and I think I think an awful lot of the kicking and fussing is I would and I'm going to be controversial now because I don't I, I don't know I'm happy to, I, I don't want to avoid it particularly but I would say there's probably an element of how many of those coaches stood up and said. In the inches we talk about, about athletic development and, and competitive advantage, we could have taken responsibility to have a suitable... Lowlands haven't given us a judge. We will take it upon ourselves to get somebody who has the right degree of knowledge that goes over and above just standing there with a the clipboard and, and, and counting. And I would say, and I would say, Sam Briggs probably has... My perception, and again, it's my own personal opinion and perception, is that she probably understands the kind of attitude that HQ has. So she didn't She didn't let the judge or whoever was judging her touch the equipment. She went after it. And I think that's probably, that would have been a safer assumption. I think crying foul afterwards, whilst technically applicable because of the, the, you know, the degree of, you know, down to the I's and the T's within the standards is correct. But how much of that is the ego of the person who feels responsible for that athlete not willing to take responsibility for missing something they could have addressed proactively? And quite frankly, you know, there's enough of us around in the UK for those those athletes who got dinged, who were hoping to go to to who got dinged and penalties and were hoping to go to uh, hoping to go to the games. 
I would have driven four hours or more to go and sit in a sit in a room for a day to do that. Um, you know, and and clearly, for whatever reason, no no one was no one no one was there of the, with the right knowledge, and it was something that could have been avoided if there'd been a um, an acceptance of responsibility there. Yeah, I I don't think um I I, I don't know about everyone. I can't remember if we've spoken about it before. I I'm not sure any of us really have issues with the call at the end. Uh, I think the the biggest for me the big issue in general this year has just been you've kind of got different rules applied at live events and different rules applied in video submission, but you're all getting the same reward at the end. And 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 I just think that could leave. But you know, it is what it is, right? Well, there's a there's a there's I think there's a role to play in the future for a for some form of professional association for the judges in terms of re representing them. And I think I go one of the things I referenced before was there was um, uh, there was a there was a there was a muscle up uh, controversy at uh, Norwegian Throwdown uh, CrossFit the the sanctional last uh, two years ago the the last one that was the Norwegian had that was a sanctional and. One of the athletes had it videoed and took to social media and basically hung his judge out to hung his judge out to dry. That judge actually isn't with us anymore because of COVID. So you know, rest in peace on that one. Um, and I feel a bit strongly about that because of because of exactly who it was. But actually, what that came down when I looked at it on the video feed, you had two judges judging their athletes to two different standards. That's not you know the, where the responsibility lies in that is. You know, there's briefing issues, there's athlete, you know, there's control issues. Ultimately, there's a head judge on the floor who shouldn't nip that in the bud. And what what distressed me a bit about that was that there was the guy on the video that was being hung out to dry in social media rather than a hang on, let's put this on the review and, and, and look at it and, and learn a lesson out of it and make a fair and equitable call on that one because if you can prove it i mean i've had i've had athletes appeal i mean i've had i had somebody i knew in in cyprus um she was she was head to head master's category no real prize money on the line um and i'm i because of the visual the line of sight for the top of the bar for the rope climb i i missed i didn't quite catch her catching the catching the first time and i made her stay up on the rope and, and go up again um you know she went for a second touch and got it and she lost that event you know, it was one and two all the way through. So, she, you know, it counted towards her 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 podium placing. She had she had a her her partner had recorded it on video from from ninety degrees and had a better angle, and she wanted to peak there. I don't I don't mind that. You know, these these things happen, and I think if you just sit down and and you calm and rational about it, and that's what I reference about the no drama is that actually, if you don't if, if you want to make a fuss and a scene, you can do that. But all it does is it increases the stress for everybody. And if you can actually pull yourself back into an adult emotional state and approach things calmly, then generally, and that goes for the judge and the athlete and all the spectators, then you can generally work out a fairly fair, um, you can sort it out. It's fine. That's it. Well, I've been fascinated yeah. by it today. Thank you, Ed, for, for dropping in. Thanks for coming along, guys. Do check us uh if you have been listening and you've loved it, go check Ed out. I don't know what your Instagram is. It's at Ed Stowe, I believe. It is. Um, do check out at Chalking Fitness at Jason CFB Media underscore Media. CF underscore Media. Wow, this is great. Tell uh, us, Jace. Come on. <laughs> Just Jason CF Media. There's no I'm B. So good. There's no I'm B so good anymore. at this. No, there's no B. There's no B. No, just yeah. CF. You can decide what that stands for. Um, might, be, might be Crocs and who knows. 
exactly and finally i'll just say and maybe just give a little bit more love and a little bit more more respect to the next judge that you see when we're all getting back to competitions because i think uh, ed's given a real good insight to it 